This episode of the e-commerce playbook is brought to you by Freshworks. You may know them for their support software, Freshdesk, used by over 50,000 businesses. But now, they've taken all of their industry knowledge to create Fresh Marketer, the only multi-channel conversational CRM. All conversations from marketing to support in one place that integrates directly with your Shopify store. You can learn more at freshmarketer.com or with the link in the show notes. Hello and welcome to the e-commerce playbook podcast. My name is Andrew Ferris and I am so glad you've joined me for another episode today. I think you're gonna really like this one. I had a lot of fun talking about it. It's something that's been on my mind so much recently and that is the compounding value of focus, the antidote to shiny object syndrome, talking about the importance of aligning your behaviors to your goals and how do you resist going and doing every next new hot important thing to do that Twitter and everyone else says you should do came from some a lot of thinking I've had recently from my own work, you know, with my clients with them seeing across a lot of different brands. Anyway, let's not belabor it. Let's get in. I think you're gonna like this episode. So I recently had an opportunity to sit for a day with a brand that wanted to just kind of do some big picture planning, get some input on where their business was at, where they were going, and really think about where the leverage points in their business were. And so we sat down together for a day and we talked, smart guys running a good brand. And as we talked, the conversation went the way that a lot of these conversations go. You start noticing different things in the business and you say, what about this? How'd this get here? You're thinking about doing this with it. Are you sure that's the right idea? And you just kind of go through certain pieces. And as I was having that conversation, something occurred to me, which is that the decisions that we were going to make in that meeting really didn't make sense unless I had a very clear idea and really unless they had a clear idea of where they were trying to go. It just became impossible to think about what sides of the business they should invest more deeply in or shut down or go away from whatever, where they should be putting their time and resources, hiring, all those things, apart from the question of what they were trying to build, where they were trying to get to, what kind of value were they trying to create, and how big of a company did they want to create, when did they want to capture value in the company, all those kinds of things ladder down to these decisions. So let me give you a really specific example. We talked at one point about wholesale and should they invest in setting up a wholesale business? Well, wholesale, you've heard me say on this show, is and can be a great part of a great business. This sort of early D to C idea that brick and mortar basically represented a bunch of middlemen who ate away at your profits and it was all scary and bad. It's just wrong. I mean, it's just wrong. Like wholesale can be a really important part of a great business and very often is, might even be worth saying, should be an important part of a great business. There's just a lot of reasons to go pursue this. But the question is, is this the thing you should pursue now? That's always the question. But one of the things we talked a lot about in this meeting was the notion of sort of like shiny object syndrome. And I see this all over e-commerce. It's just go chase the next thing, go do the next important because somebody like me tells you it's important. You know, you listen to a podcast and go, this is the thing I got to go do. And so what that really helped me to think through, what it solidified for me in the meeting, and I hope for them, where we ended up spending a lot of our time was what I think the next step for this company actually was. And like a lot of companies, there's some, they had to think about some short-term cash challenges and some of that kind of stuff. So it's hard when you're in the midst of crisis like that to think in these ways. But what we started talking about was, where are you trying to go and how clear can you get on that goal as quickly as possible? And then how much can you put your focus towards that thing? The thing is, if you know you are trying in that business to create the maximum amount of value you possibly can in like a two-year window, then that is going to affect your decisions very differently than if you're thinking about this as for the next 10 years, we're going to keep building a big thing and we want it to be really sustainable. 
it's going to really affect things. I talked to a, another friend recently, really one of the strategists at CTC, one of the really, really brilliant guy. And he was talking about a brand of his that was scaling quickly and rapidly. They, you know, like a lot of early stage D2C brands, they'd seen this rapid onset of success with some Facebook ads that hit when they, you know, the right people got involved and created great stuff. And so they started really working on this business. And what happened? Well, unprecedented and unforeseen demand created challenges in their supply chain. And so then that meant that all of a sudden they're stocking out of a bunch of products and they can't grow as fast as they want and they're getting returns at the same time and put all those things together. Now they have to go place the next big order. And that means they're having short-term cash challenges. And there's a lot of different things you could think about for how to finance that side of your business. You might think about revenue financing, revenue-based financing. You might think about somebody like Settle, you know, inventory-based financing. You know, I talked about that a couple episodes ago. But in any case, it was creating this challenge and it might have been the answer that they should just slow down their growth. And I don't know. I don't know what the answer was for that brand. But that situation, you know, they weren't to the point of total value creation yet, but their approach to that situation was going to be so dependent on what kind of business they were trying to build in the long run. And so for companies, and, and my two cents here is that many, if not most companies, especially if you are not venture-backed, if you do not have external obligations, if you're bootstrapped, you probably ought to grow a little slower than you think. I think a lot of bootstrap brands, this is just me sort of editorializing here, but I guess that's what this show is, is me editorializing. A lot of bootstrap brands, in my opinion, get themselves into a lot of trouble because they are just trying to grow really fast. One, here's like a really specific way this happens. You might've heard me say here about the notion that the average return on ad spend across Common Thread Collective clients for a long time in Facebook was a two, two to one ROAS. You know, that's varied a little bit post iOS 14, but like, so there's some signal loss and all that kind of stuff. But basically that's right, 1.8 to two, somewhere in there. Now you might think that's good or bad or whatever, but the reality is that's not reflecting what is possible on Facebook. What's reflecting is what most brands do because brands create that ROAS. They go and create for themselves a certain outcome. So they many brands could actually take a three on their ads, but they don't. Why? Because they want to get as much volume as possible. And so instead of taking a three, they take a two because most brands at the end of the day, give or take 10%, basically, are somewhere between, I don't know, 40 and 60 points of margin landed. Or at least I should say it's between 40 and 60 points of margin that they are willing to accept on first purchase for new customer acquisition. And so because that's what they're willing to accept relative to their goals around growth and all those kinds of things, they spend up to and until they get to a two ROAS. And therefore, they create that two ROAS average. It's not that Facebook couldn't get you a three or even a six or whatever. It's that people maximize their volume relative to that outcome. And what I'm saying here is that many bootstrap brands ought to probably just take a three and say, we're just, we're going to make the cash challenge, especially if you don't have a great idea of how you're going to finance your growth and you don't have clarity about the financial side of your business, which is a hard challenge and often there's a learning curve there. Then what you ought to do a lot of times is actually just grow a little slower and make the finance game a little bit easier. Yes, it's going to make it take longer for you to get more margin back by ordering in more volume with your manufacturers or shipping in more volume or getting, I don't know, bi-coastal fulfillment or fulfillment centers across a bunch of different, you know, 3PL partner distribution centers as opposed to just one. Like there's all kinds of ways in which scale creates efficiencies. And yes, that's all true. But scale is actually hard to get to. And the ultimate inefficiency is running out of cash <laughs> and destroying your business, right? That will be a big inefficiency in your business business. And so, you know, whether or not you, that's the right plan for you to grow slower if you're bootstrapped, right? Either way, it comes back to the same thing, which is where are you trying to go? Where are you trying to get to? 
okay? You know, it's interesting. Many companies, if they would release some pressure and release the desire to grow super fast, which is, I don't always know where that pressure comes from, but I think it's pretty existential a lot of times. We talk a lot on this podcast about the importance of using paid channels for e-commerce growth, but we don't talk much about the power of an organic social strategy. That's why we're excited to share the D2C Bootcamp session from Fresh Marketer, how D2C brands are crushing it on social media. In this on-demand panel discussion, the best in the business will give you a blueprint for creating a social presence that converts. Less guessing what you should do on social and more executing a data-backed strategy. You can register for this free D2C panel with the link in the show notes and learn more at freshmarketer.com. I think that like, there's like this external pressure sometimes from, I don't know, Twitter or like whatever to say like, how big can you get it? And it's really hard to resist the temptation to go chase down like the desire to be really big, really fast and to go follow those success stories and case studies and all those kinds of things, you know? By the way, case studies by definition are like, are only told when it's like a top 5%, you know, top 95th percentile outcome or whatever, like, so they're normally not really the things that are very easy to mimic. In any case, the point being, like, whatever reason, there is this pressure to go and build really fast growth. And I just don't know where that comes from and why people do it all the time. And the thing is, it makes your margin for error much slimmer. It makes it much harder to run your business and oftentimes fills your life with more pressure and more difficulty. And if you don't have shareholders to whom you are obligated, who are pushing you for that, the way that a publicly traded company would be or a venture back company would be, I just am not sure you actually want to go do that. Even in fact, the question of going and raising capital from some investor somewhere or, or whatever to be venture-backed, it does obligate you to go pursue a certain kind of outcome that you should decide whether or not you want to pursue. This was something I've reflected on a lot for me as the CEO of 4x400, is I, at the end of the day, found myself struggling with the fact that I wasn't as personally concerned about growing a very big thing the way that some of my investors would be. And that's totally, it's not a moral question. Like, it's just like, I have no problem with the fact that other people want to do that. I just wasn't. And therefore, my desires for the kind of company that I would want to build were coming up against the obligation that we had taken on when we raised money. And that's a real problem because we had taken on obligation when we raised money. And I wasn't the one who raised it. I was put in the position later. And so there's some competing things there and you live and you learn. It's fine. But that's just the reality of where things go. So all that to say, I think many businesses ought to grow slower. And here's a, here's a funny thing. Like there's like a personal finance principle here too. Everybody kind of, I think, knows in, in some way or another that like trying to get rich quick is often a bad idea, right? Like that's the way you talk about get rich quick schemes is the word you use for it or something, you know, or cons even. That whole idea, like, because actually like well-executed businesses often compound in value over time in a way that is useful and also not explosive, right? It's both of those things at the same time. It's good, but it's not explosive. And I guess explosive in both the good and bad sense of those things. I heard this stat the other day that Warren Buffett has made 90% of his money after the age of 70, he just turned 92, after the age of 70. Why is that? It's not because he got smarter after 70, though maybe he did, I don't know. It's because compound interest is real. And like, once you have accrued a certain amount of money over a long period of time, it compounds really fast. And of course, Buffett famously says, like, essentially, the number one thing you can do with compound interest is get out of the way, right? Like, I don't remember the exact quote, but that's the idea. Essentially, given a long enough timeline and the possibility of compounding, 
you can create a ton of value as long as you don't just like take yourself to zero before that. That's all you really have to do. And so for a lot of people, I think there is this pressure release that needs to happen. And there's a similar principle in your company of just focusing on the things that really create value in the long run, being satisfied with that and being okay with that and asking yourself if you're not, why that is. Is that coming from a healthy desire to grow and desire to solve problems and because you're invigorated by work? Or is that coming from sort of an unhealthy addiction to the next big hit and win and overwhelming desire for extreme luxury and those kinds of things that end up can really work against you in a lot of ways, right? I don't know. I mean, you know, you have to answer those questions for yourself. But what ultimately then plays out here as you do answer those questions is that this becomes an argument for focus. Because I think part of the shiny object syndrome thing is if we have to grow fast, then what do we have to do as a business? Well, we have to get a really good Amazon business going and we have to get a really good subscription business going and we have to get our Facebook ads account working great. We have to get our Google ads account working great. We have to get our email working great. We have to get our wholesale working great. We need to go negotiate our supply chain stuff, blah, blah, blah. And so you go and you start chasing down all the things you have to do one after another and you go and you try all of that stuff. But you know what happens when you do that a lot of the time? Because time is the ultimate limited resource, ultimately, Time doesn't compound over time, does the opposite, right? I mean, I guess time invested in one thing could compound in value over time, but, but you know what I'm saying. So in any case, because time is a limited resource, the point being, if you go and try and do all of those things, you are going to do a worse job at most of them. And it's going to often get you into doing a poor job of managing each in a way that ends up creating cost in your business. That's what I think happens. And so instead, I think the value is keep bringing each thing you're doing to more maturity and more focus until it no longer has a ton of room left for you to do that. Then start to look at the next thing. Then start to look at the next thing. Then start to look at the next thing. Focus, align that focus as best as possible relative to those goals. If you can do that, you'll do really well. So here's an example. We saw this at 4x400. We started trying to do all this stuff because we got into some problems and it was challenging, blah, blah, blah. One of the things that happened after I left 4x400 is there was sort of a reset as the company began to focus on one brand. There also became a reset on focusing on the back end of 2021, especially, which was a really hard year for ads and for all that stuff. We also began to focus more directly, and not we, I mean, really the team there, Dave Recook and others, they began to focus a whole bunch more on the Facebook ad account specifically. And they just said, let's get really great at forecasting that, having a numbered hit, and make sure we're doing as great of a job as possible on our ads. You think about this before, right? You heard me talking about, if you've listened for a long time, you heard me talking about going down one brand after another and getting new brands and spinning those up and getting those ad accounts working and blah, blah, blah. Instead of saying like, well, what if we say, let's do this thing as well as we possibly can and then get it to maturity and then go problem solve the next thing and, re and do the time and effort required. Most things don't just hit and have them be explosive in your business. They require time and effort. And so now Amazon becomes one and subscription becomes one, depending on, you know, I don't know, I don't know what even what the focus is right now, right? All of these different things become these core elements of what you're trying to do. So that's the, that's the argument for me. You know, should that brand go attack wholesale? I don't know. They have some other really interesting things in their business. It might be a better use of their time to say, let's go down this pathway. Should they go develop more products? I don't know. That really depends on, are you going to launch them with effectiveness? Are you going to execute those launches effectively? Are you going to know who they're trying to reach and how you know if you're successful and all those kinds of things? And these are the questions that are in every business. What should you go do next? Well, resources are limited. If you're venture backed, then what you should do is go build a big team and do everything you can to get things moving as fast as possible and create a really big outcome, right? And you should be omni-channel and you should be growing and you should be spending and you should be hiring and all those things. And it becomes a race to be effective at building that kind of a company. For a lot of us though, the 
goal should be focused. It should be as much as possible to do a really good job in one place before you move on to the next one. Do your absolute best to get out of the trap of going one after another after another and having that shiny object syndrome. I think the best way to do that, the number one tool you can put in your toolbelt though, is to give yourself as clear of a goal as possible and then to align as much as possible your actions towards those goals. This is where something like EOS, the entrepreneur operating system or you know, scaling up I've never used, but I've heard good things about as well. Some kind of tool that you can layer on top of your business that will say, what's our 10-year goal? What's our three-year goal? What's our one-year goal? And then what does that mean for this quarter all the way down to there? And how do we align towards those things? That becomes, I think, a really effective way to manage this sort of thing. If you can give yourself those goals and say, we're moving towards the next thing we want, we're moving towards the next thing we want, then you can actually do that and free yourself from going and chasing something else. It's so hard to say no to the next great strategy but it can be one of the most important things you do in your business. Focus, focus, focus. That's where I think the compounding value will actually show up in your business. So hopefully some help to you as always, that's the goal. If you would like to follow up with me in any way, the best place to do that is on Twitter at Andrew J. Ferris, F-A-R-I-S. I'd love to hear from you. As always, I'm also always interested in answering your questions, those sorts of things. And also would love if you'd rate and review, of course. That's always a big help to us as we do this show. We've got a couple of really good episodes coming up here that I think you're gonna love as well. So thanks as always for listening. Hope all is well with you, with your business, with your life. Talk to you next time.